Welcome to the Only One Business Show with me, your host, James Nathan, chatting to some of the UK's leading business professionals, sharing tips, insights, and advice on how to create amazing customer experiences whilst building bigger, better, and more profitable businesses as a result. What can you do in your business today and in the years to come to truly delight your clients? What exceptional experiences can you give them to take away and cherish? How can you delight the most important person in the world? Satisfaction makes you one of many. Delighting clients makes you the only one. And you can't be just one. You have to be the only one. Hello and welcome to the Only One Business Show with me, your host, James Nathan. And in today in the studio, I've got a fabulous guest for you. He's a communications consultant and speaker with over 25 years experience presenting on television, video, radio and stage. For over seven years, he's been helping individuals and organisations communicate more effectively. With his training company, Present Yourself, he leads insightful, interactive and engaging workshops on presentation and media skills. In a series of keynote talks, he focuses on the value of building more personal business relationships. Please welcome Alistair Greener. Alistair, how are you? I'm very good. Thank you, James. Great to chat to you. And um, yeah, really looking forward to it. Lovely. It was lovely to have you on. I know you're a, you're a busy guy at the moment, which is great. Personal business relationships. Tell me about that. Well, we spend a lot of time as whether we're a small business, a large business, or even a big corporation, we spend a lot of time getting new clients, new customers. And sometimes I feel that we may be not doing enough to look after the ones that we have. So we build better relationships with our clients so that not only do they become clients who will use us again, but they actually become advocates for us. So they wind up getting us more clients through referrals and recommendations. So really what I talk about is how can we ensure that that relationship is stronger and is more personal? So right along the uh, the, the lines of almost everything I talk about at the moment, I think, Alistair, into, you know, it takes so much work to get a new client, doesn't it? Well, it does. And, you know, and that's that's work that we have to do. It's part of the process. But sometimes, as I said, you know, if we just look after the business we've got and we just really concentrate and focus on doing that, then actually we'll get a huge amount more business almost free of charge that we haven't had to spend a huge amount of time marketing on. And these aren't things which are particular rocket science. I've got maybe a few little ideas, a few little things that I do which might be a bit different than people haven't thought of before. But at the end of the day, this really comes down to getting back to the basics of ensuring we have a good relationship with our customers and clients. When people work with people for a long time, you look at that relationship and think there must be some magic there. But it's not magic, is it? It's well thought out and it's very well executed. Why doesn't everyone just do it? I think because we get so wrapped up in the processes of running our businesses and, you know, and what I'm talking about here is stuff that I do as well. So I'm certainly not suggesting that I do it perfectly. Although since I started talking about it, I'm I'm having to walk the walk an awful lot <laughs> and make sure, hang on a second, am I actually doing what I say that I should be doing? And I think we get so wrapped up in things that not deliberately, but we almost take our existing clients a little bit for granted and we don't maybe nurture the relationship. It's a little bit like a, a plant in your garden. You know, 
it's doing really well. It's been there a couple of years. Oh, that's great. We don't need to worry about that anymore. But actually, you get a dry spell. It's not particularly good weather or something happens. And you know what? You need to give it a little bit of feed. You need to give it a little bit of help to nurture it along. And our business relationships are literally the same. They work in the same way. I think it's a really lovely analogy. I've often sort of, um, compared relationships in business to personal relationships. And, you know, you have to work at these things. You know, a good business relationship is, is a form of marriage. A good marriage takes a lot of work. Um, but then when you've got the right marriage, it seems quite easy. Is, is, it, is part of the problem picking the wrong clients or is it just that we, we're not being um, fussy enough with the, with the choices that we make? Well, I, I'm personally not in favour of the whole philosophy of wrong clients. I think that we maybe handle those clients in the wrong way. So in other words, we need to be understanding where they're coming from. You know, I have clients who just want to send one word emails almost. And so I try and reciprocate in that same way so that I'm talking in a language um, that they actually appreciate. You know, it's, it's funny, there was a great quote once from um, Nelson Mandela when he was talking all about language and about how we should do things. And he said, if you talk to a man in a language he understands, that goes to his head. But if you talk to him in his own language, that goes to his heart. And the truth of it is, I think our relationships with our clients need to be in a way that we really understand them, we get them, and we understand that actually, you know what, they don't want to be having our newsletter every week. They'll probably want it maybe once a month or not at all, just a personal email occasion. I think getting to know your customers and what they want will ensure that you have a better relationship with them. Because let's be honest, we're all pretty narcissistic at heart. Mm -hmm. And if we feel that somebody really knows us and looks after us, um, for you know, down to simple things. I have clients who still spell my name wrong. It's not that difficult because it's on the footer of every single email. <laughs> but I'm not sure that I don't do that to my clients because little things like that might wind you up. So it, it's always about the little things that we can do to yeah. make sure that we appreciate our customers and that we understand them. I love that quote from Nelson Mandela. I'm going to pinch that if that's okay. I think that's <laughs> lovely. But uh, you know, when you just I just laughed when you when you talked about the name because um, you know our names are such an important part of our our identity. Um, you know, my name's James Nathan, as you know, and the number of times I get called Nathan is is unbelievable to the point where when when Ben was born, um, I you know, like all. Nathan men, I think we've all tried to name our sons Nathan, Nathan to get around the problem. Um, <laughs> but no, no one's been able to get away with it yet. But it does, you do often think, come on, you know, could you not just get my name right? Could you not just spell my name right? You're absolutely right. And it, it's not going to, you know, be a deal clincher. But you know what? If you're on the cusp of getting that business or getting that repeat business, it's mm -hmm. little things like that that could actually make a difference. Oh, and you would be so embarrassed, wouldn't you, if we started calling someone by the wrong name? Absolutely, Nathan. <laughs> <laughs> they, oh, do you know what? I've got rounded by just saying, that's okay, Greta, and people have on to it, <laughs> cotton on to it nowadays. So, I mean, names are a very simple thing, but how, how, how else can we personalise for our clients? 
One of the the, the, the big things that, that I like to talk about is going the extra mile or, you know, I went to see Madness, the band, last summer who were phenomenal just outside Reading, which I know is not that far from you. And um, and, and it suddenly I heard them sing this one song. I just thought, that's it. That's the way to describe customer service and the way that we deal with our customers. And that's one step beyond. Mm-hmm. You know, I like to imagine that we're going down a, um, a motorway and you get to a junction and over the gantry it says on one side it says one step beyond and on the other side it says you know let's take the easy route out that'll do <laughs> yeah and i think it's going that extra mile you know making sure that we undersell and over deliver with our customers and making sure that they get real value. You know, there's a great, another great quote for you from Warren Buffett who said, price is what you pay, value is what you get. Mm-hmm. And I always want to make sure that my customers and my clients always get amazing value. So they walk away thinking, wow, that was so much more than I thought I would get. I absolutely want to have them to have that feeling every time. And it's such a simple concept, isn't it? You just do a great job and people get more than they expected and they love you. Yeah, the interesting thing is that large corporations, of course, suffer from this slightly because their sales teams are separate to their delivery teams. And then the sales teams are all keen about getting those sales, but then it's now up to the delivery people to actually make sure they deliver and exceed expectations, which is sometimes quite a challenge. There's a, yeah, there's a, there's a real disconnect there between the sales and delivery when you when you separate them that way. Um, and I think that it's a problem of scale with big businesses. Um, but having worked in a large corporate myself before, where that wasn't the case where the delivery was, you know, the sale and delivery were done by the same people, then you've got a joint in relationship and the relationship moves from understanding through to delivery. You get a better product, a better service, um, and the client has a better relationship with your business. Does it have to be separated in those companies? I mean, I'd like to give an example where it isn't, but, you know, is the scale of a business a problem or is it something that we should just be thinking in a different way? I think, again, it comes back to the process. And so many organisations are obsessed with process. And so often they forget the personal touch. Um, you know, there's a classic example recently. I had um, an email from my local garage and it just looked a little bit weird. It said, hi, Alistair Greener. Um, this is Richard here. And I've got this new car that's just come in. And it was a very formulaic email. And I thought... Mm you know, maybe this is just a bit of spam. I'm I'm not too sure because I know Richard and he wouldn't write like this. So this is a bit odd. So Mm. eventually I thought, you know, I'll I'll see him um, over the next week or so anyway. When I saw him, I said, but you know that email you sent? And he said, oh, yes. I said, what do you mean? Oh, yes. He said, you probably didn't like it very much, did you? And I said, well, I was just a bit confused. And he said, well, it's our company. They in they make sure that we follow a, sim- a process in the way that we talk about new cars coming in for our customers. And <clears throat> I'm bound by that process. And it was really, really difficult for me. I said, well, you know, the truth of it is, I didn't contact you because I didn't like it. I wasn't sure about it. And that was a classic example of a company instilling process rather than actually maybe sometimes training and working with their staff to empower them to be able to 
create a relationship with their customers. The trouble is if you lose that trust between the management and the people on the coalface, you create processes. And then these processes, unfortunately, don't allow the ones who can really shine to shine because they're now constricted. It's a really interesting thing you mentioned there. I'm just uh, while you were talking about that at the end, I was thinking um, there's a, a coffee shop in Henley that I go to quite a bit to uh, to catch up with people for a drink. It's it's Cafe Nero. Now Nero's a big chain, um, and like all you know Starbucks clones, um, that you know there's a process. You turn up, you ask for your drink at one end, you collect it at the other, all that sort of stuff. But the staff they have in there are absolutely fantastic and. I was down there this week actually having a coffee with somebody and as I was standing waiting, uh, a little old lady turned up and the girl behind the counter turned around and went, oh, hi, um, you know, I'll get you I'll get you a drink. And the lady said, oh, thank you, but I'm not going to have a, a Danish pastry today because I'm on a bit of a diet. And they had a little joke about that. And, and there was such a personal level to it in a chain shop, um, you know, and, it's, and there must be... Um, firstly, it's, it, they've obviously hired the right people, which is great, but the training and the effort that goes into those people is working because it was so different to what you'd expect in a chain. Yeah, and, and let's not forget, management of people is infinitely harder than management of resources. Mm. It takes a lot of time, it takes a lot of effort to empower your staff, to train your staff, to motivate your staff. Um, and it's just so much easier just to put in a process. When I was working... Um, on cruise ships, which I did for many years, it was quite interesting that sometimes head office would send an email saying, oh, you know, come up with a new memo about a new policy about how something should be done. Mm -hmm. And all of us were chuckling, thinking, well, we know who that was. That was uh, that was Billy who messed up that thing. And you thought to yourself, well, why don't you just talk to Billy? Why are you sending us all a memo? Yeah. Because, yeah. you know, because it's, it's cowardly management, frankly, and it's lazy management. And a lot of it does come down to good management. And, and of course, that goes all the way to the top to ensure that middle management are also empowered to be able to do that. Because quite often, senior management are putting a load of processes in for middle management, which makes it more difficult for them. So it's about having that open communication, making sure that everyone feels a part of the organization. They feel part of the common game. And I know these are things that organizations talk about a lot, but they don't necessarily always do that. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the same when it comes to our relationships when we're dealing with our clients is, you know, we, we can sometimes put a little a bit of a process in. You know, there's um, a guy who does some plumbing for me, lovely guy, does a great job. Mm -hmm. And I just get this automated invoice came through. Yeah. And it wasn't like, hi, Alistair, thank you very much. It was great to do some work for you. Uh, please find the enclosed invoice. You know, it can't be beyond the wit of man to create a process <laughs> that actually allows you to personalise these things a bit. You, you mentioned laziness there and you mentioned process a few times and uh, and a couple of examples that you've, you've given are ones that I think we can all identify with, you know, the the email that comes through and you just think, oh, seriously, you know me or or the, uh, the, or the, the you know the the template email with the with the invoice attached, um, is that a is that a symptom of of the kind of oh, I don't know the 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 want I guess for people to automate things to 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 use technology to to make life simpler so that they can get on with other stuff is it is it laziness or is it just 
overtaking or or what, what do you think? That's a really good question because I do a lot of interviewing in um, a business environment, something called Business Reporter, which I do in London at Reuters Studios once a week. And we interview a lot of people and I've learned a lot about you know, the AI and all of the latest technology that the big boys are using, like Amazon and people like mm-hmm. that. And of course, they do it incredibly well. They they really get their personalization right. Not always, mm-hmm. but they, they're able to get it pretty good. And AI is going to really improve on that. You know, for, so for example, when you have your conversations um, with a customer, with a um, a, a company in the future and you're doing that sort of emailing back and forth, the chances are it's going to be a bot that's talking to you mm. and then occasionally an individual might get involved. So it gives accurate information and then it'll personalise as and when it needs to. The challenge for smaller businesses is that if you can't compete with that because you don't have the resources that these massive corporations have and therefore if you try and put in these algorithms of a more basic nature, all that happens is it just looks really impersonal. And my view is that wherever you can make it more personal, do it. Wherever you can make people feel that they're actually dealing with an individual, someone who actually cares about them as their client, then absolutely do it and engage. Um, And although these algorithms and things are great, and of course, what it does, it takes out the guesswork for companies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's great, isn't it? It's another form of process that, okay, well, that's that box ticked, that's that box ticked, we're, we're done. But actually, all of us, as I said before, we're all pretty narcissistic. We like to feel that we're a little bit special. You know, I was on the holiday last weekend down in uh, Cornwall, and we were going to a few different restaurants and different places, and it was amazing the level of interaction that you got with different people and how it varied. Mm-hmm. But I'm a bit of a TripAdvisor fan. I went straight on to TripAdvisor and I was I was giving nuts and bolts because I believe in, you know, the compliment sandwich. If something's not right, then you give them the opportunity to fix it. And if they're great, then absolutely let's celebrate it. Yeah. You know, there's one place called the Coach and Horses where I stayed this lady and her husband have just taken it over. She's got early onset Parkinson's. She's managing and living with it really well, but it is it is there. Mm-hmm. And she, as we come in the door, is saying, can I carry your bags up to your room for us? I'm thinking, wow, of course not, yeah. you know, because we're, we're, we're perfectly capable. But it was those little touches. It was that mm-hmm. little interaction that made me feel so much more positive about them, giving them positive remarks on TripAdvisor, but also making sure that if anybody, I spoke to anybody again, I'd say, make sure you go to the Coach and Horses. Those, that style of, uh, of personal referral, everyone loves. You know, it's very nice to, if I was on my way on holiday and I said, Alistair, I know you've been there, where did you stay? And you said, Coach and Horses, and I trust you, and that trust is borrowed, and, and that's all fabulous. And TripAdvisor and other, uh, those kind of um what you call them, forums, I guess, are fabulous and helpful. Um, they're either very good or very bad. Um, and I think people like to have a rant on them a bit at times, which is which is detrimental to a lot of businesses because, you know, every now and then things do, do, do mess up. But to have a business where people say you must go to them is is should be bread and butter. You know, just being one of many doesn't get you anywhere. You know, I talk about being the only one a lot, and being the only one is about being the when someone mentions whatever category it is that you do, 
that somebody else mentions you. You're the one they mention, not a group of any, not, you know, have a Google search and click away, but becoming that one personal thing. The algorithms you talked about, I think, are quite interesting because there's a huge amount of technology and expense going into that at the moment. But what you said there about, you know, the big boys doing it very well and small businesses trying to emulate that, the technology is not there yet for us. The technology is there for Amazon because they can afford it. But for, you know, for James Nathan, for Alistair Greeter, for whoever else, um, it's just not good enough yet. When it becomes good enough, then we should use it more. But I know I tried to put a, uh, well, I did put a chatbot on my website for a while just to see if anybody would use it. Um, and there were a lot of automated opportunities on there. None of them were very good. In fact, actually, the only thing that was good was the ability for me to be able to speak directly to someone there and then through a different medium. Yeah, and I, I think that's really, really valid um, to just think how we feel. I mean, again, you said this is bread and butter, and you're absolutely right. It is bread and butter. But sometimes we just need to remind ourselves, however big our organisation is, we need to remind ourselves of the customer and client experience. You know, I love this, you know, I know it's all very Hollywood and everything else, but the undercover boss, what a great concept where people actually get to really realize what's happening at the coalface because there's a big void of distance between the CEO of the company and the guys who are actually looking after the customers. So it, it, it's massively important that we make our customers feel like they are important to us. And this is actually one of the big advantages that smaller companies have is because you have that ability where the big companies then have to, yes, they'll use their algorithms, but if there's any opportunity to interface mm -hmm. with the organization, then it's good. I mean, I look at people like Apple and Amazon. If you do, it's very difficult to get to talk to them. They do their darndest to stop you from talking to them so that you go through their processes. But they do measure up when you do eventually get to talk to somebody, which is great. And that then just echoes your reputation. You know, my key word thoughts really are is be memorable for the right reasons and guard mm -hmm. your reputation with your entire life because a reputation is gold if it's good. But it's easy to lose that reputation and darn difficult to get it back again. So thinking of all of those things that, you know, really help that reputation. And one of the things that I use, I don't know if you remember the film Blazing Saddles. Yeah, yes. One of my favourite films. And there's, a, there's a part where Taggart says, you know, tell you what, basketball, head them off at the pass. Remember that bit? And Hedley yeah, Lamar, yeah. paid by the wonderful Harvey Corman, says, uh, head them off at the pass. I hate that cliché. And it got me thinking a little bit um, about the movie and the fact that it is a cliche. But actually, it's one of the things that I think is a really good technique to really keep your customers and clients on site, to really ensure you're giving customer service, is to head them off in the past. In other words, communicate you with your clients, keep them fully informed, and always be ahead of whatever they're thinking. I always think if a client has to ring me or email me to check on something or to um, chase something up, then frankly, I failed. I want to always be ahead. So, you know, if, if I'm delivering a, a keynote somewhere, I'll be saying to the client a week in advance, really looking forward to seeing you in a, week, in a week's time. I think I've got everything, but if there's anything else you need, just let me know. Well, what that's telling him, number one is I'm on it. 
Number two, he doesn't yeah. need to check, is he still going to turn up? And it just makes yeah. him, saves him that one little bit of hassle. And we all know that we live in fickle times. People will shift from one person to another if they are difficult. You know, in the show business world, you know, you hear more and more these days that big names are being dumped because they're difficult to work with. They're a hassle. Yeah. They're not reliable. All the stuff that's really essential and basic but people sometimes forget to do it because they're so wrapped up, they're so busy, but you just need to create a, a, a system, if you like, to make sure that you are always ahead of the game you know, with your customers. And you, you've tapped on something else there, which I think is very interesting, and, and it, it is a great point, is about um, being easy to work with. And you mentioned Warren Buffett's quote before about value, and it makes perfect sense. You know, what you get more than you pay for is, is the value or the extra. Um, but actually, the third part is the ease of use. You know, it doesn't matter how valuable something is, it doesn't matter how great they are. Um, if they're hard to work with, we won't want to do it again. And, you know, I, I'm thinking of I think of Beyonce when you mentioned showbiz, and I heard a, a fantastic story about her requiring um, water in the change room as part of her thing. Um, but the fact is that she only wants fizzy water that's been allowed to go flat. And I thought, goodness me, you know, of all the things you could want, if all, you know, if you're taking Diva to a new level, that's got to be the absolute top end of it. Um, but being so hard, why make yourself hard to work with? I mean, I think you know, crack, give yourself a, a quick look in the mirror, remember who you are, um, and get on with it is probably a good thing. But if people are easy to work with, if if you are like, you know, your example of being in touch early so that they don't need to think or worry um, is very, very good practice. It makes you easy to work with. When people come back afterwards and they say, how was the experience? Well, it was great and so easy to work with. It was lovely. And that's something that people will talk about. It's a very easy differentiator. Yeah, and I, and I think a lot of what we do in whatever business we're in, you know, we can make the lives of the people we're we call clients or customers, we can make their lives a lot easier. You know, for me as a speaker or as an MC or as a TV presenter, you know, there's things I know that I can do to make life easier for the people I'm working for. And I will always look for ways and means where if their job's easier, that's the person who's going to be recommending me. You know, there's an old adage that when you go for a job interview, you know, you've got to be on it from the moment you walk up to the building because you never know who's watching. You never know who you're going to interact with, you know. And Zaza Gabor used to say, you know, I don't remember people's names. I just call them darling. Well, that's OK in show business. Yeah. But yeah. the truth is, if you get to know the different people um, and who they are, funny enough, I was recommended a job the other day, believe it or not, by um, a makeup artist who I work with at the Business Reporter, and she just happened to be talking to, to one of her clients and saying, well, you know, actually, there's this guy I work with on Business Reporter. You know, give him a call. He's he's incredibly easy to work with. And mm -hmm. um, yeah, I'm sure you'll like him. And it's it comes business will sometimes come from the most unlikely advocates. So all of that kind of being easy to work with makes a big, big difference. And that person who's referred to you, I mean, I, I, I was talking to someone the other day about this and the saying thank you a simple thank you to the people who give you business making sure that you don't forget them 
that's a massive part for me is is the whole saying thank you i actually have um you know cards i have um gifts and it's a really interesting thing people to say oh they 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 send the gift and they'll send something like you know some um i don't know cups or mugs or umbrellas and things like that mm-hmm. with their whole with their logo on it and stuff and there's there's a great line from a, a guy called John Rulin who wrote um, a book called Giftology and he said if gifts are about them it's a gift if it's brand focused it's all about you and it's a promotion and he also said you know that it's not the thought that counts but the thoughtful thought that counts mm-hmm. so saying thank you and meaning it without thinking about next business, just the genuine thought of saying thank you makes such a big, big difference. It really, really does. It's uh, it's so simple to, to do that well if you think about it. Um, but I think the problem is that people don't. And, you know, I was thinking, looking at my desk now, there's a thank you card on there that I got from somebody who um, I didn't even do anything well. No, I introduced them to somebody else, and off the back of that, they ended up getting a new job. Um, now, the introduction was made because I thought it was the right thing to do, and I wanted to help them. The card makes me grin, you know, like a Cheshire cat. Uh, but some of the most wonderful things that I've got, some of the things that people have given me in the past are the, the, the ones that really ring true, um, that have, a, you know, they, they know me. Um, and this, you know, that <laughs> the card has motorbikes on it because they know I like motorbikes. Little things like that make such a big, big difference. But it's not hard to do. I know, um, you know, one of my my things, Alistair, is to when people mention things that they like, I just make a note of it um, because you never know when you might need a present. And it's nice to it's actually an old trick my um, my old auntie used to do. She said, "Oh, I, I know what everybody likes because I just make a note in my diary. So when I need to thank them, I can I know what to thank them." With. Absolutely. It, you know what? And, and it's that whole thing. That's what relationship building is all about. You know, when you first started, you know, dating your wife, I bet you hung on every single word to see what she liked <laughs> and what she didn't like. Of course. And the truth of it is, why aren't we doing that with our customers? I mean, these days. I mean, I don't have, a, you know, a very complicated, you know, customer referencing system or anything like that. I have no CRMs. I just use my phone and put it in the notes. Yeah. And just before I make a phone call to somebody, you know, I will have a quick little look and think, oh, yeah, I must ask about their, their baby because they had about a couple of months ago. Mm-hmm. You know, little things like that. And it just makes people recognize that you are genuinely interested in them and you're taking that time um, to – to find out about them. Funny enough, as you were talking there about writing notes, that's exactly what I've just written down in front of me. It's going on your thing. The fact that you love motorbikes, which I didn't know. Didn't you? Crikey, I didn't think I shut up about the damn things. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's it, it, uh, one of the things I love about podcasting, Alistair, is the, is the, the things you learn about people. Um, and that's part of what makes relationships fun is, is getting to know somebody and knowing, you know, m- we all know what each other do in business. It's knowing that person and enjoying that relationship and and the personalization side of it, just making it personal, I know, which is which is something you talk about a, a lot, is it, just, it's more fun, isn't it? Exactly. You know, it, it does make it more fun. And, and, the, and the wonderful thing is it makes it good fun, but it also is darn good business. Mm. And so it's a complete win-win situation. Um, so 
it's, you know, all I say is, you know, let's get to know our clients better. Let's engage with them more and let let it be about them. You know, the old um, McFly song, you know, it's all about you. Well, you know, it really is all about our clients. And when I hear companies say the customer is at the center of everything we do, I think, yeah, but are you actually walking the walk with that? Is the customer really at the center of what you do? Or are you just going to write another process to tell people to tell the customers that? Because just by telling them, unfortunately, isn't going to be enough. You're going to have to show them that you care. Alistair, you have given us so much to think about there. Thank you very much. There's, there's a heap I hope that people will, will take on board and and think about and see what they can do. But before we before we wind up, I'd love you to tell us your one thing, your big golden nugget, the one thing that people could do in their business today to make it a better place for today and in the years to come. What would that be? You know, I've just got a very, very simple quote that I use all the time. And I think if you had this as your mantra, maybe this on a little card above your desk or whatever, is just to say to yourself, Business relationships should be personal, not a process. Alistair, that's lovely. Thank you so, so much. I hope you really enjoyed this episode of the Only One Business Show, and I look forward to sharing your company again very soon. If you'd like to subscribe, please do so wherever you pick up your podcasts. And in the meantime, have a great day. Bye for now.